Hello, and welcome back to the Ark of E podcast. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers, back with you to finally talk some TV. Something we haven't done in quite a while. Um, and if you're a... If you're a frequent, Yeah, if you're sure. Is that a word? It is now. Yep. Uh, if you are a telephile, uh, you, you're probably struggling right now. Yeah. Um... I feel like, I mean, not that I've ever like wanted to be a TV critic, but if there's ever a time to like not want to be somebody who's responsible for watching like everything, yeah, because my God, yeah, there's a lot of shit. I out think there. this is the most shows I've been following at one time, maybe ever. Yes, and arguably some of the highest quality programming of the last like. 10 years in some cases which there's a lot of good stuff out there right now which could which, be said if, if we if we got some of these you know the old netflix model of just let me have them all and enjoy it you wouldn't have this problem but essentially i want to say maybe with the boys it probably started before there but there is the, the trend of like well no i'll give you i'll give you some then i'll give you a little more and then either yeah, a little more, more or then more it's recently. Weekly. And I guess the boys kind of set the tone for that. But HBO Max in particular has been very experimental with the right. release structure. And okay, we'll drop three and then we'll do them two at a time. Right. Or maybe we'll go one once the, a week after we drop three. People are playing around with all sorts of different methods. We'll get into that with our individual shows. We can start wherever you want to. Okay. I guess maybe. Is there anything you have finished recently from this year? Oh, man. Um, or are you kind of in the thick of it? Because I only have two that I have finished that are complete, and a few that ended this week that I think I'm behind on. So where do you want to dive in? Severance. You want to pick a network? Okay, Severance. Finish that. <clears throat> Thoughts? Amazing. This is one of the ones I'm referring to when I'm talking about one of the Best pieces of television. Like, when did the Emmys done? They've already done this year? I, I don't even pay attention to the Emmys because they're, they're staggered in such a weird way where it's like the stuff that we're watching now probably won't be recognized until a full, like, calendar year from now. I only ask because you obviously have Apple winning Best Picture. You know? Right. Had there been a Best Picture winner that was not a major studio before this? Like on I Netflix mean, they're, or Amazon? they're indies, but no, none of the streamers had, had made so it So Apple there was yet. the first streamer. Yes, God, and they beat, they beat, that's oh, piss, 100%. It's and they're, I mean, off. let's be real right now. Their, their lunch is being eaten, dude. Yeah. They have what I, that's a, maybe that's a good place to start. The only thing I'm watching on Netflix right now is Russian Doll Season 2. Mm-hmm. Because love the first season. So I'm back in for it. But that is the only thing I am going on to that app for right now i'm sure there's other stuff that people are well next month you're gonna have stranger things yes which i kind of completely forgot was mm-hmm. like it's right around the corner mm-hmm. this i don't know how tail end of march april and now may is has turned into just it's i guess it's the covid setback on some fronts and like but everything is just out right now and it feels like I'm looking for these pockets of like, okay, well, who's actually like delving in or like talking about any of these things? Because it feels like there's so much right. that it's like 
the idea of us trying to do like, oh yeah, we're going to follow this for the season and like have coverage of it just exactly. felt like impossible. Which is why we're going to do what we're going to do. Which is why we're... The summer series. So it's just easier to be like, you know what? We're yeah, just going to watch something all, that's been no, off the I finished all 15 seasons of ER. Yes, I you went did. back and watched, watched the entire thing solely to do this little project we're going to start in the summer. We yes, and we've, we've been teasing it. Yeah. Uh, we will have a two-by-two two up for you very soon uh, that sets up much more uh, to come this right. summer. And but, if you're a Patreon supporter, you'll get it way sooner. But yeah, we're retreating into the past in true yeah. Archive fashion, but we'll still be watching all of this stuff. Oh, yeah. So, But yeah, that's Russian Doll Season 2 is the only thing I'm watching on Netflix. Notably, they dropped it in a binge. Yeah. Now, I could we could have crushed it, mm-hmm. but we're two episodes deep because right. I've got a billion other things that I'm trying to juggle at the same time. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I don't know if you watched the first season. No. First season, she keeps dying and repeat. It's a Groundhog Day thing. Yeah, and eventually she. Spoiler alert for the first season. She she breaks the loop at the end. Oh, but the second season gets into time travel. Huh. Uh, and is doing some very interesting things. And it's I mean it's Natasha Leone. She's incredibly enjoyable. If you I mean if you're a fan of her, obviously you're probably already watching the show, so it's not a huge recommend. And if you're not a fan of her, I feel like you would not enjoy the show at all. So I'm just trying to think of like what T V show Netflix has that I've watched. Like I cared about it when it came out and I made because I've been watching some Netflix. It's I mean, they got rid of Mindhunter, arguably one yeah. of the best shows they've ever released. Mm-hmm. Most of their original Films. I mean, they had The Lost Daughter and Power of the Dog last year that jumped to mind, but uh, Windfall, which was earlier this year, kind of a. I think it's a lot of like. Swing and a miss for me personally. Maybe it's just crime. I'm not shit. really enjoying their. There's. Yeah. I mean, arguably they're so oversaturated. Right. That it's hard to find what's actually worth watching. And in general, the overall quality seems to be there's nothing that's risen to the level of, you know, they haven't had a Stranger Things since Stranger Things, essentially. They haven't had a, this is gripping air. And by virtue of it being off for so long, Mm -hmm. I feel like people have, oh, I'll check out Paramount Plus. Nothing really going on over here on Netflix. I'll catch up on all of the the seasons. Uh, Paramount Plus, oh yeah, 1883, Paramount Plus. That's another one that I finished. Okay. There's so much I'm trying to remember just, what I've as, seen. As we're kind of going through, I definitely want to firmly establish Netflix is at the trailing behind all of the other services right, right. now in my in my estimation. Yeah, I saw they lost like 100,000 subscribers. So I hope, not that I'm like rooting for them, like, oh my God, poor Netflix, what will happen? Um, they do have a lot of original movies that I'm excited about for the rest of the year. We're finally going to get Andrew Dominic's Blonde. Yeah. His NC-17 Marilyn Monroe epic biopic. With uh, Anna Diarmas, have we gotten to talk deep water yet? No, we have. There's just it's been so long, and there's been so much other stuff. But we we're here to talk television. Right. Do not let me get distracted. I'm excited about some of their original films for the rest of the year, and I'm sure they'll have another like two or three that are possibly in contention for Oscars, as they always do. But again, the sheer amount of stuff is just I don't know. It's a C. It's quite a C. Okay. Oh, Netflix uh, firmly at the bottom of the pile for me. Right Ozark. Now. Which that's I, it. that's what it you was. Know, I'm not an Ozark person, so Well it's funny because I had to do some I went to usually this time of year they make us do training for BSA and OVAC, um, Banking Bank Secrecy Act, Office of Board Asset Control. And halfway 
through the, they decided now we'll do a presentation. So you don't have to take the test. You can just come and do this class. So halfway through it, they're going through and they, they make a mention about money laundering. And one of them, one of the people in compliance puts up like a picture of Ozark. So I'm looking and I realize that now, as we're speaking now, the second half of their last batch is out. It should be out for everybody to watch. And so she's like, any questions? And I raised my hand. I was like, this isn't a question. I was just letting everybody know the next season, the last episodes of Ozarks, not this Friday. It's the following Friday. <laughs> so just letting you guys know that. And they thought, I mean, they got to laugh because that's usually what I try to do during training stuff. But yeah, that is the only thing on Netflix I can think of that I actually finished all of them. And I'm like, okay. And that's again, that's ending. I would say Ozark's probably the closest thing to Stranger Things that's popped since Stranger Things, and it, and it arguably is a huge, you know? yeah, a huge hit for them. But I know, I mean, but I, I think they pre- even saw people like as soon as Ozark Part One of the finale dropped, it's like the week after a bunch of people like unsubscribed, and I'm right. like, okay, they'll probably come back. But yeah, people were being a lot more selective because with so many things competing for your attention, it's like, oh, I'll go drop my five dollars this month. As opposed to 15 or 17, whatever Netflix is up to these days. See, that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if now, in terms of like, you know. Oh, they can't compete price wise because they right. keep raising and pretty much everybody else is like lowballing them. Right. I mean, the ultimate lowball is Disney Plus, which I believe is still $4.99 or $5.99 a month. And you get a bundle with that. Hulu. And I'm not even, like, it's not even a service I use particularly that much, right. but let's transition over there. Moon Knight is in progress. Yes. Uh, episode five dropped last night as we're recording this on a Thursday. What was the one? So there's one that? more left. I personally have been completely up and down on this show as the literally episode to episode because the Benson and Warhead stuff. Yes. I can tell when they're directing. Right. And I really enjoy those episodes. And then um, Diab. I I forget his first name. Is it Mohammed Diab? That sounds correct. I may be incorrect with that, but he's direct. He's doing the odd number episodes, and mm. they're doing the even number episodes. At least that's how it's gone so far. The fact that I can feel that much difference in the direction is kind of very odd to me, other than I think they're going for maybe some of that split brain thing mm-hmm. and the multiple personalities in the direction a little bit. So maybe you could say it's a cutesy way to like break it up the season that way. Um, I've been up and down on it. What about you? Um, I got to catch the most recent one and this is, should tell you where I'm at. I've, uh, I've kind of fallen asleep, um, in some of them, uh, because I, I appreciate it. I was going to say same here. Oddly. Um, it is, it's probably the least engaged I am with anything I'm watching right now. I, I was very excited by the trailer. I was very, eh, on the pilot, Mm -hmm. but then the second episode where Benson and Moorhead show up to direct, I was a little bit more into, so I stuck around, and I don't know. It's just been, I've been down on the series lately. Uh, I did not enjoy Hawkeye really at all, and yeah, I was super pumped for this one because Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke, and there's been some good stuff, but uh, as, a, as a whole, and you know, maybe, maybe they'll really stick the landing, but even after the pilot, I was just like, this is only six episodes, like, that's how you wanted to spend your pilot? Okay. Bro, I did not know we were getting a House of Dragons Game of Thrones prequel coming. Which, you know. I don't care. I'll watch it. Um, 
You know, that's, that's I what, bought that's my what, ticket. That's what I'll H- watch the that's show. That's what HBO is counting on. It is that exact attitude. I don't think what they're prepared for is my attitude, which is utter indifference. Unless somebody tells me it's amazing, I just... I felt so burned, um, as I feel like a lot of people did. Um, they got to earn my trust back, so to speak. Hmm. But yeah, can we not get into what's coming? Sorry, oh, no, I'm trying to re- <laughs> look at what's recapped, like coming out. Yes, what but else? Moon Knight was is it? almost over. I've been kind of. We'll, we'll the talk Book of about Boba Fett ended in 2022, right? Yes, it started. That's what I'm in thinking of. December, that, yeah. But that's a that's a 2022 show. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Is because I was like, I was watching Disney Plus for something, we're, and it was we're past Boba Fett. Right, though. we got to move forward. What was in what was in it before? What there was, wasn't anything in between, right? In between Boba Fett and Moon Knight, in mm-hmm. terms of a Star Wars or Disney property or mm-hmm. Marvel property, rather. No, there wasn't one. Was yeah, no, because it was like they did their usual. It was like a week two off from Boba Fett and then Moon Knight started right maybe I don't know yeah they it, probably it, it, dropped a, an original movie or something in the midst of the it era. all I feel like Boba Fett into the Oscars happened and then Moonlight Moon, Moonlight Moon Knight started which again I have no I have I'm no dog in that fight I appreciate what they're doing it's it's neat it's yeah cool. I have no again I have no investment in that character yeah. I was I was literally like I'm showing up for the actors and the directors right and it's been a mixed bag thus far. Yeah. Maybe they'll stick the landing and I'll change my whole opinion on it. But hey, I think in between they let some of the older, the stuff that had been in theaters come out to watch maybe. Because I know it seemed like it was a de- decent gap because it was like all of a sudden it was here and I was like, oh shit. But there's just been so much shit I've been watching. I'm just like flying by the seat of my pants here. Yeah. You know? I, so I we don't. We and, don't have to go service by service, but, uh, I mean, if you want to go, I did catch up. I don't know. I guess these are last year, but I did catch up on Ted Lasso on, on Apple and I started severance. And the crazy thing with severance was I thought it was only going to be eight. So I ended with the whole, like, they're going to get the, he's going to hit the switch. Right. And I was like, what a great season. What a way to end it. And I went and looked and I'm like, oh yeah, May of 2022, we're going to start season two. And I was like, okay. And then next week it was like, oh, episode nine is here. And I was like, are you, are you kidding me? What? And then then the way they end episode nine, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this was, this was, it was like a beautiful surprise. I didn't know I wanted. I was completely content to end on episode eight and not know that there was an actual nine season ender with a big, big, big cliffhanger. So that was a delightful surprise. I appreciated that. Well, I mean, yeah, eight is kind of a huge cliffhanger, but I knew there was nine coming. So I, I was just like, oh, my God, I can't. I, what's going to happen right. as soon as the episode starts? And then I spent that entire finale, like literally on the edge of my seat. That yeah. is some of the best. Dude, some of the like, best, like writing, acting, just everything. Oh, great. I cannot wait for season two. It's yeah. one of those that I know people. I immediately was kind of like. this is so like perfect Mm -hmm. does it need a season two like maybe i want this to at least have a a nice end point right but with where they left it and like some of the implications that are set up and some of the things that have still that are still you know grabbing lingering mysteries i just uh, i can't wait for season two i want it like right now right but I'm also content to wait and get something that and is of that caliber I think for the, the second season. I hope 
Ben Stiller sticks around Me as too. the main directing force. Well, like, and the beautiful him. thing about it is it's one of those things, and I don't know how many shows you can say do this, but it takes this just like you you speak the idea of what it is out loud, and we can say it to avoid spoilers. It is basically a show about people who've agreed to basically have their memories of their work and life outside of work cut off you know like when you're at work you only do work stuff you don't you know no recollection you don't know anything about you don't exist you don't exist outside of work you know and as i know you have a weird schedule but as a nine to five dude i'm like god i would love to do that you know oh yeah it sounds fantastic it'd be great to just not like just not have to ever worry about work like yeah. I don't know what at five o'clock I'm just I'm me again and I like okay when I wake up in the morning and I get to my office the next thing I know it's five o'clock and I'm walking right back out the office like shit was I even at work and yet it is all it like it presents it in such a horrifying just god awful well, it's it's but one it's of so those fucking that, good like, and so brilliant it, it, it's such a genius conceit because it yeah it seduces you with like oh yeah this makes total sense and then you start the implications of it you start unwinding it in your mind and you're like jesus this is this is terrifying yes i and i would not want to spoil any of the twists and turns for people but if there was ever a reason to uh actually finally check out apple tv plus if you don't already have it severance is the best-selling point to me thus far and this um, this podcast is not brought then, to you by apple but they do have an apple one subscription for ten dollars a month that allows you to get apple tv and apple music and one other thing something like that with itunes for nine bucks a month because i was spending like f- nine already for music and i was like well, if you want to pay nine for three excuse me for three months and then bump it up to 12 after that i was like why wouldn't i if i can already it's going to include my music and i'm not double paying for music hell yeah why not yeah and i did it right on my phone and it's just been available to me nice yeah definitely worth it the other thing to stick around for on apple tv plus after you finish severance is a very different show but another one that for me is and i'm i need to catch up on it because i believe it ends today or tomorrow is uh pachinko which I highly recommend you check out if you haven't already. But it's based on a bestseller. It's about a uh, Korean family basically through the generations, hmm. uh, starting out in in Korea during the Japanese occupation, and then parts of it take place in Japan a little further down the line, and then like into the 80s also in Japan. Multi-generational story, uh, super interesting, like told on a grand scale. Most of it, at least most of what I've watched so far, is directed by Koganada, who had After Yang out earlier this year. Not to transition into movies, but that's available on Showtime. Uh, one of my top five at this point this year. Uh, Colin Farrell's in it. Huge hmm. recommend. Uh, you can watch it on Showtime. It's an A24 movie, but they, they have it right now. Okay. Uh, okay. So, yeah, Pachinko. Huge recommend. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm only I've only watched the first three, which they dropped all at once, and then I was kind of like, okay, I'm gonna wait and catch up on this, and then I got distracted with a show that made me want to like not cross the stream, so to speak. A little show called Tokyo Vice. Oh my god! Don't don't go past. Have you are you caught up with everything? No, I have not seen seven, and the finale was yesterday, right? Okay, or I today s- rather. Whatever episode ends, 
with old boy fighting in the old man's house. I stopped after that because I was like, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to watch these two. With the assassination attempt? Yes. It ends with him showing back up after he he comes back in and they're in the midst of trying to like fight. He, he's, okay, yeah. That's where it ended for me. And I was I've like, watched, I've watched the next one okay. after that. And then I saved seven because I knew the finale was coming and I was like, I'm going to do penultimate straight into the finale. Okay. So I've got, that was what five. So you've got three left. One, two. Yeah. You should have three left. It's a total of eight, eight. So, so then yeah, if you watch five, you have six, seven and eight left. Three, four, <laughs> five came out. And then they did six and seven and then eight. Eight they dropped the today. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. They dropped the first three. three then two. Then two. That gets you to five. Then, then another two more. Two. And then the finale came out. Today. Okay. That's right. Yeah. So I've got three more to watch. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Um, what a fucking great show, man. I am Just... thoroughly enjoying it. I was a little like, I was wanting, I guess in the pilot, I was like, I was like, I mean, I feel his touch, but like. Where's the Michael Mann, bro? Like, where is it? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't fully feel it. And in retrospect, as the show has gone on, I'm like, he definitely, I mean, it has the template, but it's like, it's not, it's not suffused with all of like his stuff that you expect. But I enjoy that about it at the same time. Um, Elgort, who I'm not a huge fan of as an actor, period, and kind of wish somebody else was in this lead role. The more the show has gone on, what I have enjoyed is that while he is ostensibly your lead character, it's all about the supporting cast. Oh, of course. Like 100%. Yes. And when he like fucks up or like is kind of like, you know, shown to be a bit of a dick or an asshole, it's like, no, I like that. I was like, I like that they're leaning into this because he's not this like boy scout protagonist or whatever he's kind of petulant and he's kind of shitty mm-hmm. um and i already like i again i just don't really like him as a performer or a person or any of that stuff so i i, I guess what i'm hoping for is i know this is obviously he's meant to be your pov character and he's your introduction to this world and everything and it's based on a real guy who wrote this book i and get all of that episode he produces the I, show as well i get all of that but right. I kind of hope that maybe if we get a season two, there's some way to remove Jake Edelstein from uh, from the equation right. and still have a show that is what it already is. Um, because the vibes coming off of it in general, just the Tokyo at night, the lounge bar, the music, the karaoke, like you know what it is? all of it. And then, dude, I, my whole thing is I'm like, no, I mean, just give me the Sato show. Like, just literally, you can remove Jake and, like, even Ken Watanabe is just crushing it. Yes. It's just everybody's crushing it. But I'm like, but I've kind of, anyways, I've gotten over the Jake stuff because of the way they've, like, you know, started to portray his character in some of the later episodes. I don't want to go too far into, yeah. like, what you haven't seen. But. Yeah, so I was a little I was a little wary in the pilot because I was super amped for this. Obviously, one of my most anticipated of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has completely turned a corner. It's one of my favorite things I'm watching right now, um, and I will probably wrap it up like tonight. Yeah, uh, I'll probably try and do it this weekend. Yeah. Um, I think what it is is because they said it right after we left. 
And that's the weird period of like, I don't know. There's a period that like post-war 80, post-war, yes, 80s, and then early 90s before we got there, I always want to see on screen. That's why I love fucking Black Rain. It's like, yes, that's fucking Tokyo in the 90s. That's what it is. The uh, Karate Kid 2, you know, that's like Tokyo, Japan in the 80s, so to speak. You know, even though they go to Okinawa, but then they go... They don't go into Tokyo, right? Not at all. Yeah, thank. It's just yeah, it's just Okinawa. But I it gets the, it feels like that's it's got the vibe of it, and it's like now this is it's not modern day, which I appreciate because it's kind of like, well, how do you do this modern day? You know, it's the very emergence of like cell phones. You still have to use pay phones for things. You don't have a phone in your hand the entire time to find this stuff, and. And because of the nature of it being the underworld and everything, most stuff is going to take place in like private face-to-face conversations right. and stuff, which is the nature of it. Um, but, yeah, but I'd be I, interested to look at pairing with what his book says and what, if any, information. Because it seems like, and that's the beautiful thing of this, like people know Yakuza. They know who they are, you know, but... It almost makes me wonder, like, was there this shakeup? Because, like, at the end of the oh yeah, I I mean that's the other thing is I have no, I haven't read the book and I have no knowledge of like because I've seen stuff like when the because you know because now like the Yakuza games are very popular. They've I've seen a few videos where they like they have old school guys that are watching people play it and they're like, really, this is what you think? Like, they dress better than we do, but like other than that, like this is okay, sure, fine, yeah, this is what Yakuza right. is because they're not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But they, I remember one they were watching, and the guy that said something, they looked at him, and he just kind of like laughed and grinned, but he threw his hands up, and he had one or two nubs, and you're like, oh, this guy's a joker. This guy's this guy's gotten in trouble once or twice. Yeah, but it was so. Oh, dude, sorry. I mean, spoilers, but. That's such an incredible scene where you think Sato is about to have to cut his pinky off. Mm-hmm. And then you it comes- just escalates to dude like jumping off of the... It was like, oh yeah, I guess that's what you... Like, yeah. I guess that's the situation most of the time. Honor, dude. In voluntary suicide. Yeah, dude. All the rules I love. Yeah. And like the the ritual of like how they're inducted and all of that stuff. It's a great... It, that is where you get the, the Michael Mann vibes of like, yeah. oh, I'm seeing something that's like incredibly well-researched and all that. Yes. The one other thing I want to shout out before we move on, Rinko Kikuchi, mm-hmm. my absolute favorite, dude. She's so fucking good. And like her interplay, her interplay with the Jake character right. is what kind of made me turn the corner on the Jake oh, yeah. character a little bit. And I can't reveal, there's something I think in the, episode i just watched so i can't say anything but she's just she is one of my absolute favorite elements of the show she's so good yeah it's it's yeah if you have may not be for everybody but if you love japan you should check it out if you don't love japan if you if you like a crime story that's a little you know told in a different fashion it's it's a slow burn yes but i feel like there's so many intriguing elements and like it's got enough it's not an overly complex plot um it doesn't obscure a lot of things from you. Like there's not a core like mystery. No, it's just, it's a kind of a pleasure to just watch it unfold. Kind right. of thing. It's one of those things where like the plotting is pretty, 
And satisfying. And because it's of the not, Michael Mann yeah. touch, you know, I would give it 98% that like every facet of what we watched, his daily life, the club stuff, the paper stuff, the hierarchy. Like I love the, um, the detective gives him a thing and he's like, yeah, there really is no panty snatcher. And like, you're, you're full of shit. Look what you wrote. It's wrong. So the next time they go to dinner, he's like, I go to the bathroom. And he bails on him and like leaves the whole meal on him. I'm like, little fucking touches like that are like, that's what makes this show like hit for me on a different level because it's just little small things that like the average viewer probably wouldn't appreciate that. Like, I know you probably got and like fucking loved. And I'm just like, yeah, for two kids who grew up in Japan, this is a fun thing to go back and look at because again, it's a world we never saw. We were around it in the mid nineties. We saw things. The closest I ever came was the trip I took back when I, I think I've told you that, right? Seeing the two guys on the street and then like shutting up because they assumed we could speak Japanese. And it's like they weren't going to take any chances that we knew what they were talking about. But like, you know, I it's just being able to have that as like a little time capsule of like this was Japan right before, you know, the world changed, quote unquote, with 9-11. But like at the end of the 90s with the emergence of like, the technology that was coming around the corner versus what they already had. And it's just this little slice of like, here's what it was like, put it in the annals So we, we can have it on film that this is what Tokyo in the nineties was, so to speak. I so, appreciate that. And I, I know this sounds completely arbitrary, but literally because of the time difference and the cultural difference, I was like, I got to put Pachinko on pause right until I finish this because Pachinko again, jumps through, at this point, three separate timelines, huh. and it'll just like transition seamlessly. And you, it's it's not confusing. It's very elegantly done. Right. You kind of always know where you are, but it is such. It, the whole point of it is it is a Korean perspective and like what it was like to live under the Japanese occupation and then live in a country where like the majority of the people basically looked at you like you were like less than dirt. Right. And like the the racism that exists between those two countries that I don't think has ever been really depicted. Right. In like a mainstream thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like pretty upsetting to watch. So it's very interesting. It's like it's very anti Japan mm-hmm. in the show because it's an inherently like Korean perspective. The, the Japanese are the villains. Of course. Which and we so can... and then seeing this where it's like you have the the Gaijin, you have the American right. outsider coming in. And, like, slowly figuring out how to navigate his way, like, on both sides of the law and all this. And it's 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 so well done. It's well, and that's the thing, because, like, the, the trip I took back and being there, I always look at it as, like, I'm enamored with that country. If I could, I, I would I would live there. And, like, I mentioned that to mom and dad. I think I told you. And, like, the next day, dad came in and was like, you know, there's a finance spot. I could go over there now and we could just live on the base over there again if you want. And she was like, well, you know, with them being in Charleston and Benny being up in North Carolina, maybe, maybe not. But that led me to believe that, like, you know, Paul's still with us. But if he wasn't, that, like, they might have dipped out and gone back to Japan. And Dad would be living and working over there now, doing finance and shit for the military, just living on a base somewhere. And it blows my mind that, like, that could happen. If we wanted to visit them, we'd have to get on a fucking plane and fly to Narita. But this is literally, like, the most exciting thing I've ever heard. (laughs) But, like... I'm being so being so fascinated with the country. I know that, and everybody I talk to about, it, I'm like, I know there's like day to day bullshit, but I have the perspective of I'm the outsider. So any interaction I have with somebody, 
oh, Gaijin, you know, they're nice. They're not going to be like, fuck you doing, get out of my way, like somebody in New York would be. So I like that this right. peels back the veil. Like the scene where he's in the newspaper room and somebody grabs us like, who let the Gaijin back here? And you're like, oh, no, he he works there. Don't they know he works there? I'm like, no, of course, this is exactly what would happen to anybody. And I'm sure that happened to him more than once being the first Gaijin to work at this massive newspaper right. in this foreign country. So that is the itch that scratched for me is just like getting to see the everyday life that I know exists, that I know is not perfect and pretty. And in the movies, it looks great. And like, it's, you know, fantasized and fetishized about being there and living there or whatever. But this is just the closest thing to like the realist. Like, Oh yeah, that is exactly what it would be like to be a Gaijin living in Tokyo. Yeah. So hats off. Yes. HBO Tokyo Vice, huge recommend uh, from both of us. Okay. Uh, we'll stick around the HBO area. Dude, HBO has pretty much everything. Are you watching Winning Time? Yes. Okay. Are All you up to date? Oh, yeah. Me as well. That's been my Sunday night go-to. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fucking love I it. know there's been, a, yeah, and I know there's been a ton of articles recently with, like, people complaining about the, the accuracy and the flights of fancy and I just, I don't get it at all. It's one of the most entertaining things I've watched this year so far. I'm always excited to throw it on on Sunday. Oh, yeah. um, I went back and watched the Magic and Bird documentary they did just because of I've that last episode. I've literally been saving all of that stuff because literally like when you pull up Winning Time, you'll see mm-hmm. below it there's literally like five or six yeah. documentaries that they have on HBO Max that are all about the Bird Magic Saga. And of course the new Magic documentary is on Apple TV Plus, right. which I may watch after all this is said and done. But um, just the sheer style, the fact that for me as just a, an aesthetic TV fan, the fact that it basically is like period succession on cocaine yes. is amazing. The way they drift between the different film stocks mm-hmm. within a given scene and like some stuff looks like old grainy shitty like late Grind 70s hell, yeah. like broadcast television mm-hmm. is Incredible! I love all of that. It's so overcranked. John C. Riley is—it's a tour de force. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love him and all the supporting players, but particularly <laughs> Tracy Letts as Bill McKinney is like—he needs a fucking Emmy. I thought, and he has the one kind of highlight episode. It's the episode where like everything's going great, dude. They're killing it, and the team's finally coming together, and they learn the system, and they're crushing it, and then. He goes out to like right, ride, ride his, his bike, bike yeah. and I'm sitting there going like, and I know not, I know nothing of the, yeah. of Lakers history, yeah. But just the the language of television, I'm like, this episode, like things were going way we too were. good. I'm like, there's, but they, no, and, they like, and they fake you out too. I was like, and they're lingering so long on this, and they do the fake out, and I'm like, what? I was like, oh, is it like a nothing can touch them kind of moment? Like mm-hmm. cut to credits, and then. <laughs> Nope, his brakes fail, and that I I was just like, oh man, oh, yeah, God. the slide and the and amount of blood on the I, slide. I was like, I immediately, I immediately hopped to Google like, is Bill McKinney alive? Yes, <laughs> did he die in the middle yes. of their season? Like, what happened? Yeah, and then of course I'm like, well, I don't want to spoil too much for myself, <laughs> so I like saw. I was like, oh no, he died like many years later. Right. Okay, we're good. So, um. But yeah, having no, like, I get that if you're a hardcore sports fan or like you lived through it or you're part of the team, like, but that's with anything that gets adapted. You're going to have issues and shit. The only person I want to hear from is I just want to hear what Jerry West has to say. Oh, he's so pissed. He he demanded a retraction. You didn't see this? He demanded that HBO 
basically print like a disclaimer saying like this does not depict Jerry West honestly or whatever and HBO just turned around and they were like look it's an adaptation of this book like shit happens essentially but they were like but we stand by our creators blah 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 and this was a well researched project and I kind of essentially saying like okay Jerry, Jerry West maybe you weren't 100% like this but like you read the room Jerry so, there's a reason is, why some of this is there and Jason Clark is just like see just well here's like the thing after the first two after the first two um, I just happened they they switched up the Gamecock radio schedule, so now Dan Patrick will come on in the afternoon. So you already know the news, and you're listening to them talk about stuff that may or may not happen that day. It's kind of weird, mm-hmm. but they had an interview with Jason Clark, and he was like, you know, I didn't want to meet him. You know, I tried to like I, I listened to a lot of him, and I did all this stuff, and I, you know, I would love to go and sit down and talk with him, but not about that. I don't want to. I don't want him to, I just, I did what was there, what was on the screen. I'm not, I don't know him personally. I'm not trying to do whatever. I'm playing this how they told me, which is a guy who won big as a player, could never win big as a coach, and is trying to figure out what he's doing next. A guy who loves something so much, he can't let it go, but he can't be at the the helm anymore. He, He can't, you know, be this dude. And... I can understand him being like, you know, pissed off about some of the depictions, but just like the game, the, the episode with the game in Boston and he can't get out of the limo. And his whole thing is like, if you just beat him to begin with, you're fine. But if you lose to him on their home court, you lose to him once you're always going to lose to him. And so just whenever they finally win and like the guy who's the guy rolls the window back down and he just fuck you like flicking him off from the fuck back seat boston. fuck Bo- yeah. i was yeah and like forever like fuck boston like just they the entire yeah. like they boston now the celtics they are moving forward this season good for them but like just well no i was just gonna say i mean I, if i had to pick a team that's that's my that's my team yeah but like more um like Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, yeah, era, yeah, um, maybe. Who's the other? Guy? I and I do. I love the guy they have. That's been. when they were like crushing it for a few. That's like what, like mid two thousands. Yeah, yeah. Right as Kobe got in the league before LeBron came along. That's maybe yeah. That's maybe my like self. That's like who I would play with in that era of because of the last of the 2K. last finals I bet on was LeBron was still playing against the like the Celtics. That's a believe Kobe yeah Kobe beat the beat them in the last championship they had before the one they had two years ago so and of course they're out now because they're terrible which I was like that's a jinx dude like the universe gave you that win in the bubble because it took Kobe from us are you are you sorry are you curious like the one person I haven't heard from I'm so curious what Larry Bird me too and I'm sure Larry's probably like yeah that's probably me or Larry's probably like, you know what? I was probably a lot meaner than that. Or like, because yeah. I watched the thing and he was like, I can't he, help it, man. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be, you know, everything yeah. that they put into the Larry character. When you watch the magic and bird, when they have up on there, you're like, oh, he probably doesn't give a shit. He probably, he probably laughs at it. Well, that's what, I mean, what, the whole time I'm watching wedding time, I keep thinking about like the moment in the last dance where it's like magic and Larry, like, you know. Back in the like in the bowels of 
the bull stadium or whatever, like shooting the shit with Michael and like basically just being like, Oh fuck you, fuck you sort of thing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, like these guys are just like hanging out. It's all chill and everything. But it's like, but there was a point where like, they probably were like, no, legitimately fuck you. Like yeah. I'm not in a joking fun way. Fuck you. I'm yeah. going to take you out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, to the point they they show the I'm, clip that I'm like, loving it. We I think we got two or three more left of that. I'm waiting to see if they get there, but the the game I remember where Larry Bird threw the ball at Kareem. He was so pissed off about losing, mm-hmm. and then of course, and they showed it in that first one where like they won the first game and Magic is just jumping all over Kareem like it's game five of the finals, and they're like, we just never was used to that energy, and it's like, yeah, he's you know. There and the, that's the thing I appreciate about it is there's enough of like it's enough of an ensemble that I don't feel like it's like hey you should really just pay attention to this kid they got to play Magic Johnson he's gonna be great because like some of my favorite stuff has been Kareem the guy who plays him like the conversations he had with uh, Irvin Senior and he was like if he messes up beat his ass for me like he don't need to be you know keep him in check. You know, um, Wood Harris as Haywood, oh, yes. which I think is about to have like a big episode coming up. I would assume. Oh yeah, Spencer, Spencer Haywood, Haywood yeah. has like a huge meltdown and everything. Who is that? Huh? It's Wood Harris. That's a. Uh, remember the Titans, right? I mean, he's Avon Barksdale. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. The Wire, but right. Among many other awesome things. What have you th- What have you thought of, of the uh, the cameos of like people who are people like? Oh, I Mike, lo- I Mike love Epps the way they're into Richard Pryor. I love the way they're integrated because, again, I don't know mm-hmm. any of the like. The biggest one for me was when the the dancer who they have stick around and everything. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like oh yeah, Paul. I lied to get this and blah blah blah. And it's like, oh yeah, by the way, this is Paul, Paul Abdul. And I was like, first Laker girl. I was like, I guess I knew that in the back of my brain, but yeah. like, you don't oh, think shit. about it. Yeah, Paul. Abdul. My favorite thing is like, but yeah, Mike Epps is Richard Pryor. Was the really first good. episode where he was like. Don always talks about owning a team, but he never he never wants to pony up the dough. And it comes up and it says Don, um, it's the owner of the Clippers, Ster- mm-hmm. Don Sterling, second worst Donald of the eighties. <laughs> there right. we go, because the whole I mean he's the you know fuck Don Sterling, but still, right. you know. Um, and then the the um, the he's having to choose between Nike or Converse, and he has that moment of like, huh, my my name is on the back of these shoes though, which is how they notoriously went after everybody. And they titled up. It's like um, Nike stock in 1979, 59 cents a share. Yeah, Nike so stock in 20... like what, $52 million or some shit? It was a $5 billion dollar increase. $5 billion, excuse yeah. me. And he was like, uh, the kid who, the guy who's playing the exec just turns to the camera and goes, he still regrets it to this day. <laughs> like, that's the fact that I they oh, talk I to that. Me. I love that. The Nike fourth wall, when they, that guy was great. Yeah, when they tell me what's going on. I love it. Like when anytime John C. Riley looks at the camera, it's like, and you do this and this and this and that, but here we go. It's like, it's like, I'm just watching this from afar. He knows I'm there and he's going to come in at these that's, moments where I, I need some levity. The thing is I'm just like the people who are upset that it's not more faithful to the actual events or whatever. I'm like, they've made so many documentaries mm-hmm. about this. Like, why would you want a show? That's just that. I like that. It's a, fucking spectacle and it's right. a show and it's like no we're just trying to be entertaining i'm loving it i i what pat riley fucking brody oh, is dude, pat riley, i was gonna dude. say adrian brody and jason siegel in particular perfect um or excuse me i was gonna say adrian brody in particular but him and siegel and their dynamic 
has been incredible. But again, Tracy Letts is my my yeah. dude for like the season overall so far. Just incredible shit. Yeah. And then, like I said, John C. Riley just holding it all together. Um, Gabby Hoffman as like the main assistant mm-hmm. woman. I can't think of her name right now. She's great. Everybody's like Sally great. Field, dude. Like that shit yeah, was amazing. Dude. Murders Row, and then all of the players are like fantastic. Oh yeah, and a lot of people that like I don't know outside of Wood Harris. A lot of people I'm seeing for like the first time, or maybe I've caught them in like one or two hours. Right. Uh, anyways, I was gonna transition earlier, but off of uh, Wood Harris in Winning Time, and reference The Wire. Have you watched the first episode of We Own This City? No, not yet. You are aware of it. Mm, yes, I know the name. <laughs> What's you know it about? Who? Okay. It's the latest show from David Simon, and I think George Pelicanos is with them on this one. Oh, the George Pelicanos. Or maybe it's Ed Burns on this one. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. Why isn't he in stuff anymore? It's not the Ed Burns you're thinking of. The other guy. The other Ed Burns. My apologies. Not Edward. Yes. Uh, Not Edward Burns. Ed Burns. Got it. We Own This City is about the uh, Gun Trace Task Force in Baltimore in like 2014, 15, I think is when most of us went down. So I have a like book the wire to electric the, boogaloo. No, okay, not really, because this is like true fact based. Like these are actual people, sort oh, of thing. Okay, um, yeah, no, I have. I bought the wrong book on it. Apparently, when it was announced, it was like they're adapting this book that was written about it. So I went out and bought it immediately. Um, but it was the wrong book, and then no, and then. As it got further into development, it was like, oh, no, they're actually using this one instead. And I was like, well, shit. Well, now I know a whole lot about this gun task force I didn't think I knew. I wanted to know, but sure. Yes. Anyways, it's essentially a group of dirty cops in Baltimore who were just straight up ripping off drug dealers. Like, we go into this house. We know there's a stash, blah, blah, blah. We report the guns and the drugs that we find. But the plane just like piles of cash. We're just going to take that and distribute it amongst ourselves. And essentially, like, but we're also going to be playing both sides and, like, be get people to inform on other people. And we're just going to run roughshod over, like, under the guise of we're cleaning up the streets. But we're also, like, we're war profiteers, essentially. Yeah. On the war on drugs. So. Um, Which was a mistake. Your, your lead, lead dirty cop that we're following. But it is a, like most David Simon shows, it is a mosaic, and you got a bunch of different threads and plot lines going. It's John Bernthal, baby. Have you not seen this trailer? Hell no. Oh my God. I almost want to show it to you in the room. But the first episode is a six-episode miniseries. I don't think it's, a, you know, they're going to get the whole story told. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, six-episode. Huh. I mean, most recently they had the plot against America. Same team. Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, it, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll and, check it and out. And The Deuce, of course, which I've told you to go back to. Yeah. And The Wire, you know, the best show ever made. Yeah. There's that also Treme, which is also on HBO. Yeah. I tried. Did Tremé. you ever do uh, Show Me a Hero with Oscar Isaac? No. Good miniseries? Uh, yeah. I'll get to the backlog I we, got on HBO. Trust next. me, if you, watch, if you watched the trailer for We Own This City, you... W- you would be like, can we end this episode so I can go watch the first episode? Like, it's that. This I've was the one I was the I most. Force, I will force myself to wait until it's finished so I can watch it in its entirety. This was the one I was the most amped for, and that pilot fucking delivered. It was everything I wanted it to be. 
I'm so glad there's a David Simon show back on the air. Um, and it's fantastic. But yeah, John Bernthal is like your lead, but um, Momi uh, Wasaku from, she was on Lovecraft Country and Loki. She was the one in Lovecraft Country who was like putting on the skin of the, right. white, the bigger sister who was doing the... Oh yeah, the... Oh god, the yeah, fine... Yeah. Oh, she would put on the skin and then like tear out of glorious. it and everything. Yeah. She's um, fucking beautiful. She, uh, she's kind of like the lead, she's a, a legal, I forget what her actual, she's a lawyer, but I forget what her actual position is, and she kind of is stumbling onto the conspiracy that eventually leads to these cops being brought down, hmm. and the whole setup of the show is like, the interrogations of these guys who are being brought in, and then we're flashing back to like, different periods know. of Baltimore police history and everything, huh. like post Freddie Gray, like right in 2014, 2015, and how it like changed the landscape of policing and like a lot of people backed off entirely and like there's literally scenes which i guess actually played out of like these cops go up to like make an arrest and because there's a lot of citizens paying attention and like actually videotaping them and everything they literally like give up on an arrest which i guess was happening left and right where it was just like all right we're just not we just don't even want to fucking deal with the hassle Mm -hmm. fuck you guys police yourselves and then they would just bail Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what are we, what are we even doing here? Like, what, what is, what is the point of any of this shit? Yeah. So, of course, it's it's super fucking good. I'm I'm already like, given the fact that there's so much stuff out, I'm so excited that like Tokyo Vice is only eight episodes. Right. This is only six. I'm kind of excited that Moon Knight's only six. And like some of, some of them are using their runtimes better than others. But this immediately, I was like, yeah, man, I kind of wish this was like. Already. A 12 episode no I kind of wish this was a 12 episode oh, miniseries okay. like I want it to just go on and like but there's not but again because it's not they're not building a bunch of fictional elements into this one they're not building out this whole world of the wire it's like we're focused on these cops and like the surrounding implications a bit but like unless episode 2 all of a sudden we get into like a more you know normal everyday character and they're hmm. another element of it i think we're kind of we're centrally focused on the cops and the lawyers and and the hmm. feds who get brought into it and that's that um it's very good you should check it out okay uh you anything wanna, else on hbo oh there's a ton of stuff i was saying you want to just like we can shout out a bunch more and we'll just finish our discussion on tv with atlanta season three and then we I can mean, i was saving it for last okay obviously. good good yeah Synergy, baby. That's what I was going <laughs> Yeah, um, I've caught up on uh, Yellowstone, the whitest show in America, 1883. <laughs> okay. um, great. Even whiter. Yeah. yeah. Yellowstone, no, no. but whiter. 1883, there is a black guy, and he is Sam Elliott's friend, and I appreciate that. Of course. I did read this thing where, like, at the end of rapping, Tim McGraw was like, just want to thank you a lot. You know, it was so great working with you. I learned a lot. Of, I learned a lot of whatever, whatever. And Sam Elliott turned and said, well, I didn't learn a fucking thing from you. <laughs> he was joking, obviously, but it was just like so that's fucking very, like no perfect for that. I would like piss my pants if he said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, oh, but it's uh, Raised by Wolves. Killed I mean, that. If, I mean, if we want to dip back into that, which I don't know if we ever got a chance to talk about it, but Raised by Wolves, I turned a corner on it. I was having a little issue oh, yeah, no, early I on. It. I, uh, Pam and Tommy kind of fizzled out. Yeah. Peacemaker was a good time. Oh, fuck yeah. Righteous Gemstone Season 2, thoroughly Perfect. enjoyed. Book of Boba Fett was what it was. Um, 
that's as far as I, I want to go back. I feel like that's the yeah. only other stuff we didn't really cover. Okay. Uh, other stuff that I am watching currently slash am going to be watching. Our Flag Means Death, I have finished. I'm, I'm working It's fantastic. That. Yes. It's a great time. I watched the first two. And then also I was like, on HBO Max. Yeah. Huge recommend. That's the new Taika YTT pirate show with all real, uh, Reese Darby. So we finally get, you know. Another did he one? do the werewolf show, but on a different network or something? Maybe. I don't know. There is some other connected yeah. same team show that I don't watch. I think it's Wellington Paranormal or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, Outer Range. Yes. On Prime. Are you watching? Have you checked it out? I got the first two done. That's another one I pulled back. Pretty like, wild fucking show. Dude, eh? fucking great show. <laughs> Um, yeah, I am. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. I, did I tell you on mic about all of us talking about Yellowstone and me turning to Dan and be like, have you watched Banshee? And him laughing in front of everybody. We start that show. And the first thing Bex does, she looks at me and she goes, hey, have you seen Banshee? When I realized like who one of the brothers is, <laughs> he was the fucking neo-Nazi turned good cop. And I was just like, you fuck. I couldn't help but laugh my ass off. But like, what? Sorry. It's the a great way, fucking void, Noah. The, <laughs> the way that show starts, though, it's like, you're here about a Greek god named Kronos. I was just like, fuck. fuck. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I'm in. I, I don't like, care what the fuck happens. I was happens. like, uh, you, have, you have my attention, sir. <laughs> um, how many do we have to watch now? Oh, just two now? Okay, all right. I'm here. Yes, dude, so fucking good. Like, and out of left field. What? I didn't know, not oh know a God. damn thing it, about what it. What is the fucking Django line? What? Gentlemen, you had my curiosity. <laughs> now you have my attention. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I was just immediately, like, hooked from the opening montage where I was just like, dude, the trailer for this looked, like, fucking wild. But, like, this is, like, pedal to the metal from the get-go. And then that first episode... I've heard this echoed by a lot of people recently, but I'm like, there's like a whole season's worth of shit that happens in that very yes. first episode. So much so that I was like, well, they can't keep up this pace. And they do. And then they do. And then they do again. And I have not watched the fourth one yet. I oh, think there's more out now. There should be. Now. There's only eight total, I think, this season. It should be up to six then now. But that show is off the rail we're gonna have to come back at a later we will, date because yeah. there's too much going on yes that one deserves a uh a bit of a breakdown but i'm having a great time because i honestly what a wild ride it popped up and i was like oh pff, this is like amazon's like oh yellowstone was a hit let's make one and then i watched the trailer and i was like oh no, no fuck no this is not this that is at all true detective meets it's, yellowstone yes. meets the twilight zone yes speaking of that i did go back and watch all of season two of the twilight zone series that happened. I think they the, finished. You're Aaron. talking about the new Jordan Peele. Yes. One? I didn't know that they had done a season. Yes. That's Paramount, right? Right. Okay, but so the thing I love Paramount. is before season two dropped, they re-released all of the season one in black and white. So it feels Very like a fucking, cool. I watched cool. fucking nightmare at 30,000 feet in black and white with Adam, with our boy, Adam Scott, which I don't, I don't know why I didn't shout him out specifically, but he was on, the watch podcast and I was literally I it's so weird because at the end of the day like it's a celebrity it's an actor like I have no personal connection to the guy mm -hmm. except I do you know what I mean yeah but 
for somebody that I have like enjoyed for so long and been rooting for where I he was always been a guy where I'm like I just people don't fucking get it man I'm mm-hmm. like he's the fucking man he's like incredibly versatile but doesn't get enough credit for it doesn't get enough opportunities to show the range mm-hmm. and then you listen to like fucking any of the Scott Ackerman podcasts and you're just like he's hysterically funny yes. like just off the cuff improv guy who's not a traditional improv guy no. at all but like he can do it all and I think Ben Stiller who had worked with him on Secret Life of Walter Mitty right. and obviously saw like I like this dude or I like hanging out with him at least I'm like I think he can do this but to see him basically be on a fucking hit show be the lead of it be the main emotional anchor of it and just completely crush everything he's asked to do in a very complex role, mm-hmm. which all of them are playing incredibly complex roles, but is just so satisfying. I I love that guy. I've always been a huge fan. Not to and mention. And I feel like it is paying off in such a big way. And fucking Party Down is coming back later this year. They're fucking reviving it. He's having such a moment. Yeah. I'm so happy, dude. Plus, I, I not to mention, if you go back and watch Hellraiser Bloodline, he looks Ten years older now, like he looks ten years older in nineteen ninety, whatever. Then he looks now. He looks younger now. I think him and Paul Rudd must have grown up He's in the same definitely town. Definitely taken some some lessons from Rudd. He's getting some tips of some kind. But yeah, I look forward to him crushing it. Definitely needs an Emmy nomination. As definitely. does dude. Sorry, we got to go back to Severance from it. Fucking Totoro. Yes, on that show. Heartbreaking, man. He just, oh my god. And then, um, oh my god. I think it's Nick Cherry, Zach Cherry, Zach Cherry. Yeah, yeah. He's playing. Uh, oh my god. Why am I? It's been like a week since I stopped watching, yeah. and I forget everybody's names. The other one, and the yes, the other one, and then um, Helly R, of course, and then fucking yes. Patricia Arquette is just like, oh my god, dude, she's going bad shit, man. I love it. Um, I do love that. Like the, the dude who plays Milk. Milchick? Milchick, yes. Incredible. I, have, I, I don't know if I've seen... Uh, Trammell Tillman, I think. He's not, as far as I know, he hasn't been anything. This is like his first thing. Incredible, dude. Yes. Just, yeah. oh God. I hope that show gets everything. Not Again, not that the awards matter, but Severance is, at this point, that is my... That is the best thing I've seen this year. Now, well, we'll get to it. Now, if We're you want that but funny, yet. you really... I know you're not a big Sudeikis fan, but like fucking I, Ted Lasso is a brilliant show. I need to get to it. I it's so fucking it. good. Especially now that I'm on the Apple tree. Right. Okay. I'm just going to shout out a few that I'm excited for. The offer just started. We'll check it out. Barry, season three. It's week to week. We only get eight episodes. I'm already sad that we only get seven more of them. Did you watch the first one? Or no, it's one I have to I have to wait for Beck's on. That's like a it's one I tradition. Just, I completely... It's, you didn't know you needed more of it at always I, in your I just, life. I forgot how much I missed it until it was back, and then I was like, oh, fuck. I'm going to try and convince her to watch is, one and two again to save up because one of our things we love to do is to watch catch up with shit dude, when we're I, in Florida. I recommend, yeah, maybe go back and linger yeah, on no, those I'm because wait. I, the I'm first trying to episode wait. of season three alone, I was just like, this is what the show is now? I was like, I don't know if I can take this every week. Holy shit. Yeah. It is... It is so dark. Yeah. It's so upsetting. Um, but still really fucking funny yeah. at the same time. It's uh I'm I'm loving it. But yeah, I'm I'm totally fine that that is gonna be week to week because I yeah. 
got to take my time with it. Okay. Under the Banner of Heaven starts. That's the new Andrew Garfield one that's on Hulu. Today. Uh, true crime that is available to watch so is the offer we'll get back to you soon with Mm -hmm. initial thoughts on those and uh maybe wrap up some of our thoughts on some of these things that'll be ending such as tokyo vice which we can talk about more in depth outer range should be done roughly by the next time we do this and winning time basically everything we hit i want to kind of like circle back to and be like where does everything shake out at we do severance severance i yes Give it some time. That way we perfect, can perfect. break in, in between. Our, and there's other adventure. stuff coming down the pike that we'll want to catch up on as well. Severance, I say right now, is my number one. Oh, yeah. Simply because it's over and done with. Right. But I personally, and I know there's a lot of, I mean, maybe not a lot of debate because that's another thing is I haven't seen a lot of coverage of this. But for my money, the streak is unbroken, baby. Atlanta oh, season three is Fucking the best show on television. Killing it. There's no, I mean... You can't compare. It, it came back. It's like it never left. Yeah. It's a cut above everything else. I'm, I literally, I, I savor it every week and it's a fucking meal, dude. Every yes. single episode this season has been a fucking meal that maybe even if I didn't appreciate it upon first blush, it's like when I sat and thought about it for like an hour, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh shit. But, uh, yeah. I'm comp- obviously we're both completely up to date, except there was no. one that no, we haven't watched whatever came out today. No, I didn't watch last week either. Oh, you're too behind. Yeah. Okay. Because last week, what did we do? Did we catch Bam? I can't remember what we did. No, I went to Greenville last weekend. I went Greenville um, Saturday. And went up, and there was a dinner for the Veterans Association thing that did, was that was at my, my buddy's funeral. His mom invited us up there. Me and Perk went up there. And so Bex came with me, and Perk brought his girlfriend, and we did that whole thing. And I got back, and I was like, shit, we forgot about Atlanta. And I got back so late Sunday, I was like, let's save it. Neither one of us watch it. Next week, we'll get two. How about that? Okay, so... Um, also I will recommend, um, uh, lust gentlemen's club, Greenville top notch. It's right around the corner from the trophy club. Uh, but hats off. Okay. It's a lot of showmanship. There's actually like a, uh, um, a curtain that they come out of. It's not just like they just walk up on the stage like they do at platinum West. There's this a curtain in Greenville, a little showmanship. Yeah. Near the, funnily enough, it's off airport road, all strip clubs, always near the airport. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I'm not caught up on. Atlanta, two episodes back. What's the last one you saw? The phone. Okay, cancer attack. Sure. Yes, yeah. the missing phone, mm-hmm. the interrogation of the, the paperboy Stan, mm-hmm. and the reveal that Sox had it the whole fucking time, which I called immediately. but And then just whatever. left it? Yeah, he threw it away at the end of the episode. What is that's what I've been pondering the this entire time. What is the meaning of it all? Well, I mean, spoiler alert, but not a spoiler at all. Um, the next episode, mm-hmm. um, we're still with our our crew, if you will. Mm-hmm. And Socks is nowhere to be seen. <laughs> you know, he's just not there. Huh. No, I'm just saying, like that's but that's that's been the flow. I guess that's been it's been very revealing because there's been this huge gap that now that it's back you're seeing like oh well there's a certain contingent of people who thought like no this I know what this show is right 
And they're really struggling with a lot of this. Right. And then I'm like, I came a little late to the party. Like season one was over and done with before I started watching right. it. So I came to it in a binge and then started watching two, like right on the back of it because mm-hmm. it was coming out. Right. And it was like, this is America was happening right there. It was just, I was finally, I was like, fucking, I need, like, you've been hearing about this fucking dive in, right. essentially. And, Yeah, I can't, what I have always loved about the show is every time I sit down to watch an episode, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to get. Right. I just know it's going to be good, oh, and yeah. it's going to be unlike anything else I'm watching on TV. Oh. So that's my that's my only standard of, of quality, which is just like the show to be true to itself. But it seems like there is a huge contingent of people who are like, yo, I thought this was about them like trying to make it in the music industry. And like, what happened to all that? And I'm like, part of me is like, I mean, if you want to watch that show, go watch Dave, dude. Like, yeah. That's, I yeah. mean, if you want a moment-to-moment right. chronicle of, like, a struggling musician, which I love Donald Glover's take on Dave, which is basically just, like, he was like, no, it should be, a, it's like, a huge element of it should be about the fact that it's, like, no, it's super, he's not a struggling rapper, and it's super easy for him because he's white. Right. And then him dealing with the idea of, like, feeling like a fraud. Like, or like a fraud. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that would be really interesting. Like, I'm I'm sitting there going, like, are they gonna literally like rewrite season three and be like, oh, that's a really good idea. We should definitely right, yeah. make that a part of. We the should show. lean into this completely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just I've never. Well, like, what's what's an example? I have a friend, I have a coworker who I recently got to start watching the show. Where I was just like, yeah, season three is coming back. Like, if you never watched it, it's on it's on Hulu. You should check it out. And they start watching it, and it's just, she's like, a decent ways into the first season, and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to, like, you know, hope they start making some money, and blah, 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 and I'm just, I'm sitting there in my head going, like, it's not, like, it's not a plot show, and I kind of told her, I was like, just so, like, just so you know, I'm like, you know, things do evolve with that, but I'm like, but it's not a plot show, I'm like, it, I was like, there will be huge gaps in time mm-hmm. that will happen between episodes, huge like change in dynamics between characters that you kind of have to piece together. The and that, like, but the one thing, the one thing I do appreciate, which I didn't think they would ever do, but they did was he, the episode where he was like, Oh, I could, if you give me this money now, like I could turn it into more money down the road. And, just to kind of give them the whole the argument of like, yeah, we're not a plot show, but like we know what we're doing. When he comes back later, it's like, oh yeah, man, this is for that money you gave me for the phone or whatever a while back, which is in Here's, season two. Right. I believe the setup for that is in season one. Right. Like, that's that's why I'm like, this show can fucking do no wrong. Like, literally, it can't. The fuck, like, I thought the Nando's episode was hilarious, but then we get the the um. The CEO of Tesla gets sued by people's family who okay. used to own him. That episode wanna, alone okay. is worth I think everything. Three slaps, the premiere. Yes. Which I think immediately goes in the top three pantheon right. of the entire series. And then, yes, the big payback, which is episode four. Right. The reparations episode. Yes. Those two in particular, I'm like, the first one ends with. It's Ern's dream. Right. Okay. But like the first opening sequence with the white urn on the river and the other guy and the like 
terrifying. Um, that is the the kid's dream, and then all of that stuff plays out, mm-hmm. which shame to say I had no idea was like wh- I had no idea what they were referencing, and right, then I the, went and read case. up on the the Hart family case, and yeah. I was like. Holy shit! And then it gives gave so much more resonance to the episode, right. which I then went back and rewatched because it was like, oh, this is like the fantasy fairy tale version of how this could have gone. Right. This is even more upsetting. Like it was it was cathartic and happy the first time I watched it. Yeah. The second time I watched it, it was like bleak and tragic and upsetting and like all oh, this like oh my god. And they planned it perfectly because they know you and everybody would do that. Yeah, there were six this, people, six people same, who knew about like, that. Four of them were writers on the show. I'm and sure. that at the end of that is television moving beyond just the like entertainment, the entertainment factor. And that's that's pulling off the thing like the fucking premiere of Watchmen, where then you literally saw for the next month, people were like Tulsa race rides. Who knew? Holy shit. And like there were two, big I would things say probably about eight. Well, Lovecraft Country came afterwards and then kind of like, you know. And technically yeah. three because but I was, listened to American History the, Tellers give me a play-by-play play of that. Yeah. That, that, all like, in the same, all yes. the, and I loved it. It was all in the same anniversary year. No or, one knew about it. Yes. And it was weird. That was one of those weirds like we're in a simulation because I listened to American History Tellers and Lindsey Graham told me, not that Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham told me all about what happened and told me like a, a breakdown of everything from the moment that started it all and everybody just being pissed off that there was this neighborhood that was like black wall street and everything was great. Everything was booming for these people from that, the, the, the spark to let's just mow it all down. Let's just get rid of it all, you know? And like, I was honestly fucking disgusted hearing about it. Yeah. And later that year I get two separate shows that deal with it. I'm like, we are in a simulation. This is how it would go. This is the Tulsa race riot section of the simulation where the player that's playing me is like, I'm interested in that and throws it into my world three different times so that I get it, which I got it the first time. But it was just crazy how all that connected in that same year. It's just wild. But yeah, you're right. That's what it's doing. It's making you to the point that if that's true and that's white urn, but it's the kid's dream. What does that say about him when he shows back up in the reparations episode? Well, that is my that is my ultimate question because I'm like, it does is this existing in this like dreamlike space where it's like all of these standalone episodes are meant to be meditations on a theme or like we're just kind of exploring stuff, whatever. There's no connection or or when they get back from Europe, which I'm kind of I'm assuming and hoping the end of this season is kind of them ultimately coming to the realization that it's like, yes, we're in, yes, we're doing a lot better financially, Mm -hmm. but we're like still dealing with the same bullshit, essentially, no matter where we go. Like certain things are inescapable, which we've seen pop up and a feeling inevitably of like, got to go back home. We got to go back to my roots, whatever. And eventually they do end up back in Atlanta. My question really and truly is like when they come back to the States, like are we living in a reality where like that actually happened? The reparations thing happened. I'm just so curious because I'm like that could almost be a final twist on the entire season because first of all, I hope we get 
a couple more of these standalones before the mm-hmm. season is out. Yeah. I would take as many as they want to give. I know people are like, no, we want to stick with the characters, blah, blah, blah. They get mad when it's not the main characters. I, you know I completely be wild? disagree. You know what would be really but, fucking wild is if we missed something that told us that the reparations one was like years down the road and that like they were already famous at this point. Like, like Paperboy was huge already. That these are not necessarily like well, what they're the, going the back simple, to, but like a glimpse of the future that we're going to see at the just end. Just the simple little twist of like in the very first episode, he's like, "Oh, have you ever been to Amsterdam or Budapest or wherever they are in the first episode?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, we came through here last year." And you're like, "Oh shit!" The whole drama of season two and everything at the very end, where we're like, "Oh shit!" He like fucked over Tracy, and like mm-hmm. they got on the plane. And there's this tension between Paperboy and Earn. Like, what's going to happen with all that? We come into season three and it's like, oh, yeah, they've already, this is their second time back to Europe. Right. Like, some time has passed. Mm-hmm. And then, like, on top of it, like, they're way more successful. He seems like the venues he's selling. Maybe are way not, bigger. like, maybe not like a, like Drake or like Kanye level, but like, maybe like, like Rick Ross or something. Like, like known, respected international I don't know yeah I could see that or like a maybe like he's like a killer Mike level yeah like he's I also keep keep waiting and hoping that somehow killer Mike factors oh it would I love like it either as himself or as because especially well you haven't gotten to the most recent one but honestly a lot of the stuff in the most recent episode that you mm-hmm. haven't seen I'm I'm like, oh my god, I'm like literally final episode. He comes back and like I don't know, he randomly runs into Killer Mike on the street and like they talk it would be the culmination of like a lot of the stuff they've been dealing with. Anyways, I'm just like I, no, I would love it if no 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 point. I would love it if they um Small Fry made it back into America, hit Uber maneuvered out the like they come back and he's getting held up by customs. Like, what's this joint doing in your passport? He's like can I just, yeah, just sign, you know, give him an autograph, like, hey, and then they share a fucking cab Uber back to, you know, whatever. And it's like, you know, I've been on tour in Europe. He's like, yeah, it's all, you know, but, but now you got to do, now you got to deal with this. Like, yeah, you're good overseas, but like, you ain't put out shit over here in a while. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know? And then, of course, we already know, if I'm not mistaken, season four, is it in the, like, they're editing season four right now? And that's it. Yeah. So I listened to it's done. It's shot. And I don't think we're, I don't think they're making us wait that long as I understand it. That'd be nice. I think it's going to be, um, not a full like year gap or anything. So, uh, anything else you wanted to say on Atlanta? I just, I love that. It was like, um, the, uh, just the Nando's episode where it's like, I hope she did you, man. That's messed up. I hope she said <laughs> at the very end. It's like, oh man, I am Darius. I am so sorry. And it's the dude that that um, that Ern has been talking to the entire night. I am so sorry for what my my family. Not even the my wedding. The, the wedding is off. <laughs> like I was fucking dying that entire episode. It so was funny. so. Lakeith Stanfield is just. 
he like it's like the Here's last the thing. one. Again, we say this all the time. They all are. Yes. Wherever you point the camera, you're just like, oh yeah, I want to spend more time with this person. Him being so upset that they can't go on the ghost field trip hunt. That's all he wanted to do. He just wanted to go tour this fucking back lot because oh, yeah, it might be haunted. And he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, this was not my night was gonna go either. It's like, it's so Listen to me, bro. I'm gonna come after you. I'm a white lamb nation. <laughs> You got socks just said the N word, did he? Yeah, he did. It's like, did you mean to say the white Samuel Jackson? Liam Neeson's already white. (laughs) That is literally, he said that shit, and Bex looked at me and was like, Liam Neeson is white. And I was like, uh huh. Here's the thing he was going off so hard. It's like, I didn't even catch it until they make the reference to it. And then, like, me catching up to it was even funnier in the moment. Yes. Like, oh my God, man. Yeah, that show is so brilliant. But yeah, and that that episode, of course, also has my favorite piece of Brian Tyree Henry's so far, which is where he's like explains why he needs the cell phone back. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my god, like more of this. I need a, I need a woods of this season, which I think still is my all time favorite episode. Oh yeah, uh, but I yeah I need a what's going on with Paperboy episode. I also need a. What the fuck is going on with Van episode? Yes. I need a, I guess hers was the, uh, I can't remember what the title was, but the Oktoberfest episode yeah. of uh, season two was very much like, that's a Van episode. Well, and that's the thing, and then, the Nando's episode, they just fucking left her in that house. She was in the Nando's like thing. Well, yeah. And she's just, and they, been, cu- they we, cut back yeah. to like, oh, she's in, she's just fine. She's eating well, in a diner the by first herself. episode, it's like, she goes into that hotel room and you're like, what, what? Okay, she's just here. Like, yeah, cool. Um, and then the fucking Tupac thing. Oh my god, <laughs> so fucking dude. Th- that's the other okay, fucking so Midsommar I, all day long. I binged um, through one and two to catch back up because it had been so long, and yeah. I knew there were so many shows that were coming back. I was like, I'm not doing that with Better Call Saul. I'm not doing that with Barry. I was like, Atlanta is the only one that I'm. I'm gonna rewatch all of them right. before I go into this season, and I cannot wait to go back through all of this i've watched the pilot or i've watched the pilot i've watched three slaps twice but i have not or excuse me and i watched um the big payback twice yeah that dude justin bartha no chef's kiss casting note what a what a perfect casting choice yeah for that character and everything you need to convey with that character to make it justin bartha is brilliant yes it is so genius dude yeah the exact right tone of white guy. I love like, it. where you're like, I kind of, like, I kind of empathize and feel bad. I kind of don't. Like, he just, he teeters on this perfect right edge of just like, I don't know how I feel about this dude. And then ultimately you get to the end and you're like, yeah, this guy's going to be all right. Yeah, he seems, he seems all right. He's fine. He seems okay. And then did that final shot with fucking, um, is it Minnie Ripperton? Yes, Manny Ripperton. Yeah, that's play. mm-hmm. playing. Oh my god! Dude. I love, but I love I, my favorite thing is just when he goes back. He's like, I need to talk to you. What? And he's like, I just, I can't have someone like you. Like, you know, to go. Through. We're just doing a separation. We're gonna have to get divorced. Like, I can't have you as a risk to my finances. Can't take financial. What? He's like, I'm forty eight percent Persian. You were white yesterday. <laughs> the detail of the lamp that he asked about like a day prior. Like, oh, can I take that over to my place or whatever? The fact that she's just she shoved it in the dumpster <laughs> when he's walking out yes. is so funny to me. And then oh. everybody like the one chicken word. 86% Ashkenazi Jew, baby. It's like, um, 
You what want my it? advice? Pay as much money as you can. Oh no, I love <laughs> apologize the dude. profusely. That's love, all you really I can love the do. The dude walking by, it's like I owned people. It's like what's going on with him? Oh, the family that he that owned his family, like owned by his family, they didn't really want money. They just wanted him to wear that shirt. He's got to wear it twice a week. He's got to wear it three times a week, at least once on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's got to wear it three days a week. One of them has to be, be Sunday. Sunday. They, you know, I think he got off kind of light. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the fucking so good. Dude, but then okay, all, all of that stuff hits. I oh, love no. the gradual escalation of it. The fact that it doesn't, like... I love the it one... It doesn't get too broad, too quick. It, like... it. Yes, it just takes. I its love time the going. one girl getting. She's like, "How can you be like you know someone sitting Norwegian or uh, Nordic or whatever?" And he, the dude's laughing. She's like, "What, Greg? This affects all, all of us." He's like, "No, I don't. No, I don't. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't." He just walks <laughs> off. So, they come in the next day. Where is everybody? Dude, when he drives up to his apartment and, and you just all... hear Keith sweat in the <laughs> yes! background, and they're all just yes! hanging out. There he is. Go oh get. My God. So fucking. Perfect. What I loved about it so much is it's like, it's, it's kind, of, it's a bit of the get out energy of like, no, what we're sad, or, what this is the, this is not the, this is not the nightmare for white people, this is the nightmare for a very particular type of, of white, woke white, white person. person. It's like, how much are you really down for the cause, dude? Right. Like, yeah, because you're introduced. The dude's listening to fucking NPR. You're like, I know, I know this dude's politics. I'm like, on paper, he's the least racist fucking person in he's his Bradley, office. He's Bradley Whit- Whitford from Get Out. He'd vote for Obama, Obama three times. Third time. Yes, he would exactly. Have. That's yeah. 100% his energy. Yeah. And even to the point where it's like, you have the dude at work who's all worked out. He's like, should be really, like, shouldn't you be more upset about this? Like, it affects all of us kind of thing. He's like, oh, it'll work itself out. That Twitter guy's rich or Tesla guy's rich, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the unknown slow, phone calls the start slow, coming out. The slow, the slow turn. Bird, yes. And then it's like, before you know it, it's like, oh, he's calling calling the cops on a black woman who's in his house. And you're like, oh, this, is a little, this is a little problematic. And you're just, it, you start to like go through it in your head. And it's like, no, this is targeted at a very particular type of mentality. Yes. And it's the, the specificity of it. And again, that goes down to the casting of Justin Bartha. I'm like, is so, it's like. You know, it's a whole onion of brilliance. Yeah. There's so many layers deep that I'm just like, dude, I could watch that singular episode. Like, the, that immediately went in the pantheon. They mm-hmm. are crushing it. I love everything about this season. But anyways, yes, it's hilarious. I'm having a great time with it. I'm like, I can't believe it. Dude. This premise is great. And then he shows up at that hotel and has the conversation with White Urn. Right. And I was just like, oh, my God, dude. I was just like shows on another fucking level and then he blows his brains out and i'm like is this reality is this this another dream is this another yeah yes oh god incredible television because that literally it could have ended with like any one of them waking up from a dream and it would have been just as perfectly fine it's like okay we're gonna get a dream episode for each one you know but that's my whole thing is i'm like well, was it meant to establish, and the fact that we saw Urn in this one, that the white Urn in this one, that it is like any of the episodes that are not directly with our characters are the dreams of our characters, or these right. like just you know, yeah, I had this crazy dream, and I sounds crazy, dude. I would be fine if they come back for season four, and it is all standalone stories. Yeah, 
And maybe we only get one final episode with our characters. Where it pulls them all together somehow. They're in each episode one bit. Literally, I bow down. I am literally like, whatever you guys want to do or wherever you want to take this, I am down for the ride because I am fucking loving it. The, the, the quality of acting, visuals, writing, everything has not dimmed in the slightest in the two and a half years break that we've taken well see and that's um, the thing i love is like the one episode Ern wakes up and he's coughing and i was like oh are we getting like he's oh, I sick saw, i did and we're doing I like heard a lot of that is this, on podcast is this possibly COVID? read a like, lot where yeah. it was like oh shit we're about to have a COVID arc in the next episode it's like no no he's just you know groggy from the night before and again i took that as just when i first saw it i had i maybe had the COVID thought but i was like Oh, it's just, it's that shitty feeling of like, you're on tour, you're in a foreign country, you're traveling all over the place Mm -hmm. and you're run down. And then on top of it, you're dealing with all this bullshit because that is a huge runner of the entire show is like, no matter how good things are going for Earn, it's all momentary and it all could collapse at any moment. Mm -hmm. And just when you think like, oh shit, he finally got his shit together and like he got a decent roll of money and it's like, oh yeah, but he also is staying in a storage unit at the end of this season. Like, right. Just so you remember, this is where this guy's at right now. Right. Uh, yeah. Long way from the storage unit. Oh, at yeah. At this point. Uh, I cannot, I can't wait to watch the, the next episode. Maybe yeah. that I'll do tonight and I'll save everything else for another time. Yeah. Okay. It was great catching up on some TV with you. We will adjourn things for now uh, for this edition of the TV arc on the Arcavy Podcast. I've been Noah. And I have been Gavin. We've been the Blanchard Brothers, and we'd just like to remind you that you opened your podcast apps. You read the episode description. You chose to stream a download. I say, let them listen.